Do you want a true champion's perspective? Well, come on over to the Bolts broadcast, where we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning, have some friendly banter, and of course, hockey name of the day. If you pronounce it, you can get it. Anthony Nunschwander. Ah, you didn't pronounce it right. Anthony? Anthony Nunschwander. It's, it's N-E-U-E-N. It's Neuenschwander. Anthony Neuenschwander. Dude, I always slept in German class, so I don't know... I don't know how you expected me to put that together. Come on. You only took it for four years. I took it for two. Took it for two years? Oh, no. Jay don't yeah. took it that long. I, I took it for two years and was, like, asleep in all of German, too. Oh, you, you, you only took it in, in uh, junior high. You didn't take yeah. it in high school at all. No. Yeah, she sent us across the hallway, and it was, like, me and, I don't know, five other people, and all we did was just goof off because it was an empty room of just us while she was too busy yelling at you guys because you guys were a terrible class. <laughs> no, uh, we weren't a terrible class. A couple people were terrible people. I'm uh, not going to mention names. I'm not going to call it anybody in this pod. It was Chase Crawshaw. It was 100% <laughs> not me. Oh, boy. I know a couple of those names, but, uh, yeah, it's a good point, Chase. We won't mention those here. New episodes every Monday. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to New York. Devil State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast here on the Hockey Podcast network as always thank you guys so very much for taking some time out of your day to check out this week's episode i greatly greatly appreciate all the support you guys give me we have a ton to talk about here today as today we are going to go over the devil's draft picks if you remember last week we had the nhl entry draft and the devils had three first round picks made some picks that i think were not necessarily surprising um, they made some picks that I think made sense and, you know, were expected. And then they also made some picks that, you know, you have to do a little bit more research on, especially when you get later on in the draft. We are also going to be talking about the two moves that as of right now, at the time of this recording, the Devils have made in the free agency slash, you know, just making trades as well. So the Devils have already made several personnel moves within their team that they are going that you know to try to improve the team for the now and also probably also to help down the road but but certainly more in the now so we have a bunch to talk about today so without further ado let's drop the puck so we'll start off obviously with recapping the devil's drafts draft picks this year and i gotta be honest with you i think this was a very solid draft a lot of people asked me for my opinions on you know what did i see the devils do you know what kind of grade would i give them I gave them about a B, B plus. I think that 
obviously considering, you know, the positions that they were in and they didn't really move up in the draft or move back, they, they pretty much got, for the most part, the best player, I think, on the board at the time. And they also just focused on filling positional needs to create more depth within their farm system. And I think that's exactly what they did in this draft. So I, I gave them a, a very, very solid pick. And I think the value that they got for these players is certainly very, very good. And we'll start, obviously, with pick number seven. And with pick number seven, the Devils selected the right winger from Jajir Garden of the Swedish Hockey League, Alexander Holtz. Yes, one of the main guys that a lot of us here on the Devil's State of Mind and just Devils fans all over expected to be one of the top players that the Devils were going to be looking to draft at number seven, and that's who they took. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. Marco Rossi was there at number seven as well. So I actually thought that Rossi was going to be higher on the Devils board, and that was not the case. And that's not the end of the world. I understand that the Devils have two franchise centers already, and we need help on the wings. And, and so they took a player with a lot of upside, a positional need, and a very, very talented overall player in general. So it's not like the Devils made a bad selection. In many regards, they made a very, very good decision. They might have made the best decision at number seven. But they took Alexander Holtz, who last year finished with nine goals, seven assists, for 16 points in 35 games with Dijer Garden. He scored one goal and actually blocked a shot a day after he was drafted. So he had a game the next day or the day after, and he scored a goal right away. So immediately he was showcasing for all of us Devils fans what exactly you know, Alexander Holtz can be and what, and if he's developed correctly, how tremendous of a talent he really is. And I was listening to him doing his media avail and talking with some of the Devils people and just, you know, media personnel in general. And one of the questions that was asked to him is, is what basically is your game? We, we always talk about, you know, your shot and everything. And he said, I'm pretty much a sniper. I'm pretty much a goal scorer. I love to score as many goals as I possibly can. I've worked on it so, so much, and I want to continue to improve it so that as I get into the NHL, I'm really, really ready to go. And another question that they asked Holtz was, does he feel confident that he can jump into the NHL right away? And he took kind of a pause and he said, you know, that's a very tough question, but I just try to make sure that I, I'm 100% prepared, you know, for whatever situation I'm put in. Now, obviously, there's still a lot of uncertainty with when the NHL is starting. Uh, Gary Bettman said prior to the beginning of the draft that they were looking at a January 1st starting date, January 1st of 2021 to start next season. And Alexander Holtz's season in the SHL is already underway, so he's going to be continuing to play there. And whenever training camp happens, that's going to be the question of, you know, will Holtz come over with, you know, one of his good friends in Devils uh, winger right now, Jesper Brett, and we'll get into that in just a second. Um, you know, will he come over as well? well? We'll have to wait and see from that approach. And I was also reading that the stats and the skill level that Alexander Holtz has is only lower than, the, than two Hall of Fame players in Peter Forsberg and Marcus Naslin. So clearly, Alexander Holtz is ranked very highly in the SHL, ranked very highly as one of the top European skaters in this draft, and a guy that you can really build around. You know, obviously we have Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, but we can now bring Alexander Holtz into the fold as another one of those guys we build this team around as a scoring offensive machine. And that really gets me excited. I really like this pick. And also, you know, they, they asked Holtz about his relationship with 
current New Jersey Devil, Jesper Brack, who was offered the qualifying um, sheet at the moment. Uh, I, they're still working on possibly extending him, and, and we'll see if they get a new contract prior to the beginning of next season. But, you know, they asked Holtz about his relationship with Brad, and he says, yeah, we've been working together. We have the same trainer. We've been skating the last couple of years, and uh, we're both really excited that now we're part of the same team, and I'm looking very forward to jumping on the plane with him whenever that is to come to New Jersey and, uh, you know, see what it, see what it's like. So I think for most Devils fans, if not all, are super, super excited that Alexander Holtz was drafted at number seven by the Devils. I think it is. He is a pure sniper. His favorite player is Alexander Ovechkin in the NHL right now. And if he could become half the player that Alexander Ovechkin is, the Devils got an absolute scoring machine at pick number seven. So now we move to pick 18. And I told you guys in last week's episode that I fully expected that most teams were not going to really move that much in the first round. And for the most part, it pretty much went the way that I expected. And, and so the Devils chose not to, you know, move it all in, you know, or trade away that pick. They stuck, they stuck at 18 and they got what I think some people consider a steal at number 18. And they selected the center right winger from Shakutami in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League in Dawson Mercer. And he was a guy that I think a lot of people expected to go in the top 15. And he kept falling and falling and falling. And once we got to about 16, actually, I said, you know, there's a good chance that Dawson Mercer could be there at 18. And once he got past 17, I said, you know, he's the best player by far on the board. And I, and I know that the Devils, I still wanted them to try to go get a defenseman. And Braden Schneider was there as well. And that's actually where I projected him to go. You know, I, I still thought, you know, Dawson Mercer's there. Maybe, you know, Calgary doesn't take a defenseman at 19 and we can still get Braden Schneider at number 20. There was always that possibility. Nonetheless, Dawson Mercer went 18 to the New Jersey Devils. He is what is considered a two-way forward. His favorite player and the guy that he models his game after is Patrice Bergeron, you know, a multiple-time Selkie Trophy winner, a guy that, you know, it's just he can do it all. He could do well in the offensive zone. He could do well in the defensive zone, winning face-offs and, and, you know, checking the body and doing things that are necessary to win you hockey games. This kid is an all-around very, very good hockey player. And I think the Devils got a lot of value with this pick at number 18. And last year, playing in the QMJHL, Dawson Mercer finished with 24 goals, 36 assists for 60 points, which I think is a very, very good year. Even in playing in juniors, it's a very, very productive year. And this season so far, and, and granted, it is a little bit early, Dawson Mercer has, has won just over 50% of his face-offs. And that's something that I personally take a lot of pride in and, and take a lot of you know, notice of. One of the things that I've always give Travis Zajac a lot of credit for with the Devils is that he is one of the best face-off winners percentage-wise of anybody in the National Hockey League. And when I see a guy like Mercer who does a really, really good job of winning crucial face-offs in key situations, you know, that, that gets you really, really excited. It could be a guy that could be on your penalty kill where you need to win a face-off to get the puck out of the zone, and then you do it, and, you know, you move on from there. So I think that this is a guy that can be an all-around Swiss Army knife type of player that could be put in different roles. And again, he's not only a centerman, he also can play on the wing as well. So if he can develop the way that we're all hoping for, in the future, he could be part of the top six, or even on the bottom six, like third line, 
as a winger and still be able to produce a lot. And if we got three, even four lines of consistent, really good play from, you know, everybody in the lineup, every, you know, night in and night out, that's a very, very good hockey team right there. So I think, honestly, looking at this pick, it was one of those where he's the best player on the board and the Devils should take him because otherwise someone else is probably going to take him. I think when you look at it, considering the fact that the Devils ended up not getting Braden Schneider at, ninth, at number 20 because the New York Rangers traded up with Calgary and selected Braden Schneider at that 19th pick. Um, I think when you look at it, Dawson Mercer was the player that if the Devils let him go and said, maybe we'll get him at 20, I think Calgary would have probably stayed put and probably taken Mercer with the 19th overall pick. So they looked at it and said, best player on the board. We got to take him now. Otherwise, we might not get another chance. And that's what they did. And what makes it a very interesting and probably a very exciting for some people, including myself, is that he can just play different positions. He's not just like one guy. People say, oh, why are we drafting another centerman? Well, first of all, you can never have too many centermen. Secondly, Dawson Mercer is not just a centerman. He can also play on the right wing, which is fine. And that means that we can move him around in the lineup, and, we can, and that gives him more of an opportunity to get into the lineup and actually play and develop. So this is good. He's also a very young kid, so the chance of him making the Devils roster within the next two, maybe even three years, is probably pretty small. But if he continues to develop the way he's been going and elevating his game more and more, he's going to end up making this Devils team sooner rather than later. And also, uh, Mercer won the gold with Canada in the World Junior Championships this past year in January. So he has some international experience as well, which is always very important. He was teammates, I believe, with Ty Smith and a couple other guys like that. So it, clearly, he has some you know, small connections with the Devils. And it's just a very good pick overall. So I, I think that was really good that the Devils just took the best player on the board at that point, And it was Dawson Mercer. And lastly, with the third pick in the first round, number 20 overall, the Devils chose somebody that I think pretty much everybody was surprised that, that this player went as early in the draft as he did. Because I think when you look at a lot of the draft boards, he was not expected to be even in the first two rounds. Uh, there were a couple people who actually said that earlier on in the draft rankings, they did have him in the first round. And some people said he was going to go in that 20 to 25 range. And it was a defenseman. So obviously the Devils still went after a defenseman to try to continue to, you know, add really good talent, elite talent to the depth that this team needs. And, but they took a defenseman that I think was just really kind of uh, one of those where you say, boy, that was really out there. And it wasn't a pick where people were laughing at it, saying it was a stupid pick or a dumb pick. It was more of just a, well, we really don't know this kid that well. We don't have a lot on him, but we could still go there. But with the number 20 overall pick, the Devils selected a left shooting defenseman by the name of Shakir Muhammadulin, who plays for UFA in the Continental Hockey League, or as most people would know, the KHL. And I remember sitting there, and if you guys saw the live stream that I was on with a bunch of other guys from the Hockey Podcast Network, you saw my reaction right away. And it wasn't a reaction of, I thought it was a bad pick. It was just confusing because I didn't know who he was. I didn't even hear that his name was on the radar of the Devils or any team for that matter. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to this, to this young man. It's just more of his name was just not brought up. If it was brought up, if it was one of those where he was expected to go between 24 and 25 and the Devils took him to 20, 
it would be like, okay, at least I kind of figured that this kid was going to go somewhere and it ended up being the Devils. I think, again, also that if the Devils had Braden Schneider there available at 20, that was probably going to be the guy that they were going to go after. Because that's really what we were, we were looking for. We knew that Drysdale and Sanderson were going to be gone within the first 10, 15 picks. And that's what happened. And that's why I put out in my mock draft before, you know, the NHL draft that, hey, this, you know, I think that Braden Schneider is going to be that defenseman that the Devils ended up taking. Muhammad Doolin was not on that list. And again, that's no disrespect. It just, he wasn't on my radar. I don't think he was on a lot of people's radar, but Nonetheless, the Devils took him at number 20. He's a 6'4", 178-pound left-handed defenseman. He's 17th on the NHL Central Scouting ranking list in European skaters. And this season so far, since the KHL season is well underway, he has one goal and five assists for six points. He's off to a pretty good start. And one thing that I learned about Muhammad Doolin is this. He is a defenseman, yes, but he actually started as a forward. So he has a lot of that offensive skill playing the defensive position, which makes him a very good offensive defenseman. And to be honest with you, the Devils don't really have a lot of offensive defensemen. I think the main one is probably Damon Severson and P.K. Subban also, if he actually you know rebounds going into this next year. And the biggest accomplishment for Muhammad Doolin so far in his young hockey career is that this past year he scored the game-winning goal in double overtime of the 2019 World Junior A Challenge for Team Russia. So this kid clearly plays well when he's in the big spotlights and they need him to go well. I did see that goal, by the way. It was a beauty of a shot on the one-timer. And this kid is a big defenseman. And having guys like that who are six foot four, six foot five, is tremendous. The Devils acquired Kevin Ball and he is a big man. He is a big man who's still working on his defensive game. Shakir Muhammadullah is another kid that is a big one that needs to work a little bit more on his defensive game. But he has one advantage over someone like Kevin Ball. Muhammadullah plays in the KHL. He doesn't play in the you know AHL's version of the KHL. He plays in the KHL, which is the second you know toughest league in all in, in hockey in all of the world behind the National Hockey League. He's playing against grown men and professionals and even former NHL players night in and night out. And he's producing points at a very, very solid rate early on this year. So he's already contributing to this team. And that just shows you that he's developing very, very well. And I remember listening to Shakir talking with, you know, Devils Media and just media in general after he got drafted that, yeah, he was surprised that he went in the first round. But nonetheless, he's very excited. He's very honored, and he says he's going to do everything he possibly can to convince the Devils to give him an opportunity sooner rather than later to make this appearance. I don't know if Shakir is going to be one of those young players that's given an opportunity to come over to the United States and you know participate in training camp because I don't think that any of these teams are going to be allowed to do that developmental camp where they get a lot of their draft picks and young players to come over because usually that's in the summer and we're already, you know, well into October. So it's a, it's a difficult time and it's a, it's a different, you know, day and age when it comes to, you know, when these players get an opportunity to come over. So there could be a chance that Shakir doesn't come over this year. He might come over when we start the year after the 2021-22 season. Who knows? So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, but I think that not only Muhammad Doolin, but also Mercer and as well as Holtz will probably just end up playing the rest of the year 
I don't think there is much of a chance. Maybe Holtz is probably out of the three first-round picks, the only one that's probably going to get a legitimate shot to come to the United States whenever we start training camp and get an opportunity to see if he could actually get in to the NHL right away. But I think the Devils are going to let these kids develop at a you know good rate, you know, not try to put too much on their plate and just go from there. But going back to Muhammad Dillon, number one, I absolutely love his last name. And I think we got the coolest last name in the NHL draft by far. So he is already on my radar. It's one of those guys that I really hope he actually makes the Devils roster very soon because I would absolutely love to see this kid play. I also just like his game in general. I think he's a very solid defenseman, a guy that could be on your bottom four. And, you know, he's just he, – he's obviously going to have high expectations because he's a first-round pick. But at the same time, because we already have a bunch of young defensemen that are a little bit closer than Muhammad Doolin is to making this team, by the time he gets here, he might be more on the bottom four, but he could still be a very, very solid defenseman. And he's six foot four, which goes, you know, which is, which is great. I'd like to see him gain a little bit more, you know, weight, you know, with regards to getting strength. And I'm sure he will as he continues to develop. But bottom line is, I think the Devils took a solid, solid player at number 20. Obviously, maybe not the best player on the board. I know that Noel Gundler was there. And again, he was my prediction at number 20 on my mock draft. But nonetheless, they still, again, you know, went for a positional need and they got a very talented player in Shakir Muhammadoulin. So, you know, kind of wrapping up the first round, I think the Devils did a very good job with getting the players that they ended up getting. So now we shift to the third round because the Devils didn't have any second round picks. And again, they didn't make any moves. They just waited and, you know, continued to follow the draft and see where, you know, what players were going to be available. And the Devils at their third, in their third round pick, pick number 84, they got what is considered to be the number one North American goalie in this draft. And they selected from the Guelph Storm of the Ontario Hockey League, Nicholas or Nico Dawes. And at first, I didn't really know very much about Dawes. One of my friends texted me and said, oh my God, I can't believe that we got this kid. And then after watching some highlights and learning a little bit more about him, the Devils got another very young, very talented goaltender and arguably the second best goaltender in this draft. And the Devils have always been one of these teams I've seen constantly draft a goalie every year, or at least it feels that way. And there's nothing against that because, you know, you can never have too many. And it's not like every single player you ever draft is going to end up being on your team at some point. Some might be used in, in trades. Some just might not, you know, get signed to a contract and that's the end of it. But, you know, it, it, you know, things like that could happen. But looking at Nico Dawes, this kid is a very, very talented goaltender. This past year with the Guelph Storm, he finished with an impressive 23-8-6 record with a .924 save percentage and five shutouts. And both that save percentage and the shutouts, he actually led the OHL for goalies in both of those categories. So he clearly was one of the top goalies last year in, in the OHL and certainly the number one goalie for the Guelph Storm. He actually did win a championship with the Guelph Storm, but as a backup in 2018. And also this year, he was the backup for Canada in the World Junior Championships with obviously now his Devils teammate Dawson Mercer and Ty Smith, you know, in 2020. So, you know, clearly Nico Dawes has experience, you know, with a lot of success, you know, being that consistent number one goaltender and going from there. And again, because he's 
on a little bit on the older side. I think he's 19 years of age. There is a chance that he could get an opportunity to, you know, come to the Devils, come to training camp, and compete. Now, the Devils did make a signing at the goalie position in the free agency market, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But he's only this goalie's only signed for two years, so Nico Dawes could be that future backup or, you know, 1B, 1A type of thing tandem with Mackenzie Blackwood down the road. So we now added another very young goaltender along with someone like Gil Jusen, who still has an opportunity to prove himself. We have Mackenzie Blackwood. We have Cole Brady, who's playing the ECHL at the moment. You know, we have a lot of young goaltenders who are still unproven, that are in the system, that have developed correctly. One of them is going to come out and become another goalie that we'll see down the road, you know, helping us try to become a Stanley Cup contender. But I really like this pick. I think it's really good considering we got arguably the second best goalie. Everybody, a lot of people, a lot of Devils fans I knew really wanted the Devils to take Askarov. I knew that it was just not a good fit. I knew that it wouldn't be a good idea. I'm glad the Devils didn't do it. But at least you can say that we drafted a goalie and we drafted the second best goaltender in the draft and the best goaltender of any North American goalie in this one. So this is a really good pick. At number 84, I think the value is there. And he's a guy that's just going to, you know, he's going to be given as much time as possible to continue to develop. Be interesting to see how he does this upcoming year in the OHL. If he can, you know, even do better than what he did last year, this kid's going to rise up the prospect ranking in the Devils farm system very, very quickly and is going to really, you know, convince the Devils organization to give this kid an opportunity to compete and come to the National Hockey League. So then we move to the fourth round, and with pick number 99, the Devils selected a centerman from Salute St. Marie of the Ontario Hockey League as well in Yarmir Pitlick, who is from the Czech Republic. He is six foot two, 200 pounds exactly. And this past year, in 22, in, in this past season with the Greyhounds, he scored 22 goals. 28 assists for 50 points, which I believe was second on the team in points overall. And one of the things that's really interesting about this player is that he already has a really good connection with a very important Devils alum, and that is Patrick Elias. Patrick Elias is from the Czech Republic, and he has become a coach and one of those guys involved very much in the Czech Republic when it comes to international play, whether it's the Olympics, World Junior Championships, anything like that. Pitlick actually has experience with Elias. He he was coached by Patrick Elias at the 2020 World Junior Championships this year, and he had one assist in five games playing for, for the Czechs. So Pitlick already has some, some you know, connections with the Devils, and I remember listening to his media avail with the, with the Devils and everyone else, and he was just saying that, you know, he grew up a Patrick Elias fan. He grew up as some, you know, a guy that wanted to model his game a lot like him, and Having the chance to, you know, play under him, you know, being coached by him was something very important. And now that he's part of the Devils organization, the Devils can use Patrick Elias as an opportunity to continue to evaluate this kid moving forward, saying, hey, what do you think of this kid? Where do you think his development is going? Is he somebody that we can, you know, draft? And, you know, it, would he work in our system? And, I, and I'm sure Elias, you know, call, you know, was called and they asked him these questions and he said, yeah. You know, this is what I think. And the Devils really liked it. And they took him. And honestly, and I can't really tell you why exactly, but for some reason, I feel like this is going to be one of those players 
that's going to end up being on the Devils long-term that we're going to forget. Like, we're going to forget from the standpoint, we're going to forget that we drafted him. We're going to be like, where did this kid come from? And then we'll be like, oh, remember, he was that fourth-round pick at pick 99 that the Devils took, and he's going to end up being one of these guys like a Blake Coleman that's just, you know, comes out and is a constant good, you know, hockey player in the National Hockey League and a guy that clearly is a balanced player. Not only can he score goals, but he has tremendous playmaking ability as well. Biggest thing that I heard is that he has a really impressive 200-foot game, and that's really important for the NHL. If you have a really good 200-foot game, that means you can be constantly put out there in many different situations, and you can consistently contribute. And I think that that's something that the Devils saw. They liked the value of this kid, and that's why they took him. And I Mark my words, Devils fans, I think Yarmir Pitlick is going to be one of those guys that down the road is going to be vital for the Devils when it comes to becoming a Stanley Cup contender and eventually winning a Stanley Cup. So let's keep our eyes on pick number 99 from the fourth round, Yarmir Pitlick from the St. Marie Greyhounds. Now the Devils had two picks in the fourth round and at pick number 120, the Devils selected Ethan Edwards, who is a defenseman who at last has been playing for Spruce Grove of the AJHL, to be correct. That, that is correct. He actually is committed to the University of Michigan, so he's going to be playing college hockey. He is 5'10", 166 pounds, and this past year with Spruce Grove, he scored nine goals, 24 assists for 33 points. Very, very solid. This is a kid that's going to be one of those where he's going to be more of a project. Very young. He's going to be going to college. He's going to be going – from there and you know the Devils do like their college players and a lot of the guys that they've drafted that have gone to college seem to develop pretty pretty well so this is another one of those kids that's just going to be given a lot of time to you know play college hockey continue to to learn maybe he gets a chance at a development camp or something like that down the road could this be somebody that maybe could make the team in, in the in the future possibly you know we never know I think there's always value with all of these players so it's something to keep your eye on. Um, you know, I don't have that much on Ethan Edwards. The one thing that I do have that a lot of people have been talking about is that he has tremendous puck handling ability. This is a guy that it's very difficult to get the puck off of his stick. He has a good job of finding guys at the right time and putting them in a position to score. And that was one of the reasons why he had the amount of assists that he had. He led the team in assists and was very successful, you know, playing in the style that he was playing in with Spruce Grove. So this is a kid that is going to be a project, somebody that you're going to spend a lot of time evaluating, giving him as much of an opportunity as possible to grow as a player, grow as a person, and, you know, grow as a professional as well. And, you know, this is somebody that we'll keep our eye on very, very, very closely and see how things continue to, you know, progress moving forward in the future. Then moving into the fifth round, the Devils took what I thought was one of the steals of the draft, considering what this kid has been able to do at such a young age with so much hot, with so much to learn still being in a new country. And that is Artem Schlein, who at the moment plays for Chateau St. Marie, which is that big, you know, hockey private school that guys like Sidney Crosby have gone to. So this kid goes to a place where, you know, hockey is the most important thing. Obviously, education is as well. But, you know, this is where you go to really kind of take that next step in your hockey 
career. So double selected Schlein with the 130th pick in the fifth round. He is a centerman. And this past year, he scored 26 goals and 52 assists for 78 points, which led the team. That is phenomenal. That really is. He is committed to the University of Connecticut or UConn, so he's going to also be going and playing college hockey this upcoming year. And he did even more impressively the year before in 18-19 with Chatuk as he scored 34 goals, 56 assists for 90 points. This kid is a tremendous, one hell of a hockey player. And another thing that really impresses me is that when I listen to him you know, talking with, you know, the media, his English, considering the fact that he only learned it a few, like less than a year ago, his English is perfect. I mean, it really is. He is from Russia, but his English is absolutely perfect. And he's one of those kids that when you listen to him talk and you realize just how mature he is for his age, you really have to sit there and say, you know, th this kid, th this is one of those kids you kind of want to root for. You kind of want to hope that down the road, he's somebody that the devil's, you know, you know, give an opportunity to and he can produce. And so the, the Devils saw this and they wanted to take him. And, you know, it's a, it's a very exciting thing because he clearly shows that this kid loves to, you know, get on the score sheet, whether it's scoring goals or whether it's dishing it out. He really likes to be involved in the play. He's constantly involved in the offense. It'll be interesting to see when he gets to UConn, you know, how involved he'll be even as a freshman. And I think if people have seen what he's been able to do on the stat sheet, they'll say, we got to get this kid involved in the offense as much as possible going forward. So the Devils saw this as a guy that's going to continue to add more depth to the center position. Could he be somebody that maybe is on the bottom six, you know, going, you know, in the near future? Very possibly. It all just depends on how this kid develops. It's all about development, ladies and gentlemen, especially with your later picks. It's about, you know, if you, if you really want to, you know, hit home runs on these later picks, you got to hope that you can develop them correctly and that the other coaches and other teams that they're on develop them correctly as well that's what you got to hope for so we'll keep our eye on this kid but this is one of those guys I'm going to keep my eye on in particular because I really really like what this kid is all about not just as a hockey player but as a person as well so with the Devils last pick which was in the sixth round at pick number 161 Devils selected Benjamin Bumgarner who was a centerman from who plays for Davos of the SHL so he plays or has at least played against Alexander Holtz at some point you know last year and probably this year as well so now they have somewhat of a connection because now they've both been drafted by the same team Bumgarner is 5 foot 9 165 pounds and this past year with Davos he finished with 7 goals 20 assists for 27 points he played for Austria, which is where he's from, in the World Junior Championships Division 1A and was the top player for his country, finishing with five goals, six assists for 11 points in five games. And Baumgartner actually has been eligible to be drafted the past two years and was not taken. And finally, in his third year at 20 years of age, he was selected. So he is a little bit more on the older side, which this is what it tells me. He's going to be somebody that the Devils are going to want to keep their eye on very, very early on because they want to see that if this kid could make the jump to the NHL much sooner than some of the other players. Because when you're drafted at 17, 18 years old, you're given a little bit more uh, of a relaxed, you know, kind of thing where it's like you don't have to make the jump right away. Just continue to develop, continue. We'll keep our eye on you. And maybe a couple of years down the road, you know, we'll give you an opportunity. With Baumgartner, 
you know, he's somebody that may not just have a lot of time to, you know, necessarily have to develop so he can get to the NHL. He might have to really, you know, up his game this upcoming season so that the Devils, when he turns 21, they say, all right, let's give him an opportunity. So he'll be an older player. Does that necessarily mean that he can't, you know, come to the Devils at age 25 or 26? No. He could also go down to the AHL and play for the Binghamton Devils and maybe get some experience down there as well. And the same could be said for all the other players that the Devils drafted this year. But, I, you know, that's something to keep in mind because of the fact that he is 20 years of age. But it shows you also that Bumgarner has developed his game and gotten better because he was not drafted in 2018, not drafted in 2019, and then in 2020, at the age of 20, he was actually selected. So clearly the Devils liked Bumgarner. They wanted to take a, take a flyer on him, and that's what they did, drafting him in the sixth round. And the Devils ended up trading their seventh-round pick to, I believe, Arizona for their 2021 sixth or seventh round pick it was just swapping picks basically and so after that sixth round pick of Bumgarner the Devils were officially done and with that being said that is the end of our draft recap what do you guys think of you know the guys that the Devils drafted do you like them do you not what is your opinion let me know on Twitter at Devil State also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind as well so now we'll shift over to the second part of this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. And we're going to be talking about some free agency slash trade moves that the Devils made the past couple of days. So by the time you're listening to this, which is on Monday, the Devils could have already made some moves that I haven't covered. I'm actually recording this on Saturday. So I'm only going over the moves that have already been made at the time of this recording. So just bear with me if I missed Anything that happens between when I'm recording this and when this episode comes out on Monday, just understand that's where I'm coming from. But nonetheless, the Devils have been fairly active. There was a lot of rumors and speculation that the Devils were going to be one of the more active teams. And throughout the first day of free agency, which was actually yesterday or this past Friday, for the most part, the Devils were not we're not really involved in any free agent signings until pretty late at night. But I'm actually going to shift to the a move that the Devils made via trade. And I remember Dan McKinnon, the assistant general manager of the Devils, said that there was a good chance when it came to the defensemen that the Devils were probably going to have to make a trade or two to get a defenseman or two that would help, you know, in this regard for the right now. And the Devils did exactly that because – Around 9.30, almost 10 o'clock Eastern time on Thursday night, the Devils announced that they had acquired left-handed defenseman Ryan Murray from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a 2021 fifth-round pick. And at first, this is not one of those moves where the Devils and Devils fans in general are just saying, you know, oh, wow, what a, what a move that we made. It's one of those where it's going to help with our depth it's going to be somebody that's going to be on the top four. And unfortunately, though, there is a little bit of that nervousness because Ryan Murray has been injury prone over the last couple of years. Back in his draft year, he was the second overall pick. So he had a lot of high expectations. And he's lived up to some of them, but the injuries have slowed him down tremendously. And so when we look at this at first, we say, yeah, this is a pretty solid move, but can he stay healthy? And that's going to be the question. This past year with Columbus, he only scored two goals and seven assists in 27 games. He did play in every single playoff game that the Blue Jackets were in while they were in the bubble, including having the second most ice time of any defenseman 
in that game one against Tampa when it went to five overtimes, if you remember. So this guy has a tremendous amount of durability. He's very good at blocking shots, and he's very, very solid on the penalty kill. So this is more of a defenseman that's going to help with the defense, you know, being being better. Because Devils fans, as we know, the, the, the defense of this team was the Achilles heel for the most part, and we needed to upgrade it. And whether it's bringing in some young players like we have in our system or making a trade like the Devils did to acquire Ryan Murray, we do so. And I think it's a really solid pick. And talking with some people who are Columbus Blue Jackets fans or who cover the Columbus Blue Jackets, they're saying, look, you're getting a very solid player. And it sucks for us because we don't necessarily want to give him up, but also because of the fact that he's been struggling so much to stay healthy, we kind of had to move on. Also, Columbus is in the run to get a big name free agent or two this year. So they're clearly moving as much cap space as possible. I believe Ryan Murray carries over a four four and a half million dollar, you know, cap hit for this year. It's a one, so he's gonna be, you know, on this team for at least a year. And and it'll probably be an evaluation to see if he stays on, you know, moving forward after this year. He'll have a lot to prove, not just to the team, but certainly to himself as well. So looking at this trade, it's not one of those that I think Devils fans were, you know, in their fantasy world were hoping for, but it's one of those that just builds the need to help us out now as our younger defensemen continue to develop as well. So I like the move. If Ryan Murray can stay healthy, I think the Devils got a very good defenseman that's going to help us out in the now. So Ryan Murray, welcome to the Garden State. Welcome to the New Jersey Devils. So the next move that the Devils made is a little bit more of a somber one, especially for me personally, because yesterday on Friday, it was the last day of the buyout period and the Devils made one of the more difficult decisions, but certainly one that I think a lot of us saw coming and they decided to buy out goaltender Corey Schneider for the last two years of his contract, which means the Devils will be paying, you know, a certain amount, or not as much, but a certain amount of money for Corey over the next four years. So around 2024, 2025, he'll officially be off the books. So Corey Schneider is now no longer a New Jersey Devil. I'm already hearing rumors that there is a good chance that some other team is going to sign him. They wanted to see how the goalie market would come out because Trust me, folks, at the beginning of the day when free agency began, there was a lot of goalies, probably more than usual, that were available for people to go sign. And Corey Schneider is one of them. And as of right now, he still is one of them. And the reason I say it's somber is because I have been a massive fan, a massive supporter of Corey Schneider since he got to New Jersey when he was acquired back in 2013-14 uh, via trade at the draft when the Devils traded the number nine overall pick to the Vancouver Canucks for him. Now, look, I'm going to come out and say this right now. I know that the number nine overall pick became Bo Horvat, and he's the captain now of Vancouver, and he's a very talented player, and he could certainly help the Devils out right now. But the Devils, at the time that they made that trade, knew that Martin Berdeur's career was coming to an end, and they didn't really have a young goaltender that could be the franchise and the guy that could you know, succeed uh, Martin Berder. So they saw Corey Schneider. They knew that he had a lot of experience backing up Roberto Luongo, and they knew that he was ready to take that next step in being a franchise goaltender. And Lou Lemorel made that move. And to this day, I do not fault him for making that. And I know a lot of younger Devils fans will, will say, oh, all I've seen him do is, is get hurt and not be that good. Well, if you were not watching the Devils from 2013-14 to 2017-18, this is what you missed. 
Corey Schneider was the best player, the best overall player on the team for several years when the team had very few young players, a lot of older players, not very talented, you know, middle of the pack usually, not making the playoffs, and having no support, and constantly having to make 30 to 40 saves a night to just lose two to one. Corey did that game in and game out for several years on and did not complain once. And by the time the Devils got to be somewhat good or somewhat consistent, if you remember in 17-18 when we made the playoffs, his body was starting to break down because the amount of times that he had to just constantly bail out this team. And he hurt his groin, which for a goalie is the worst injury you could have. And unfortunately for Corey, he's never really been able to bounce back. I did say, though, last week and several months before, that because of how well Corey played down the stretch the end of this past year, that I thought the Devils would give him another opportunity to prove himself. Also because he was getting $6 million per year for the next two years on his contract, and the buyout was going to be pretty hefty, I still, you know, I knew that the Devils were probably thinking, eh, we, we kind of want to move on, but at the same time, you know, we, we were hoping that maybe we could give him another chance. And Tom Fitzgerald a few days ago said that he had seen Corey work out and he had been looking really good, but he still owed him a phone call. And unfortunately, that phone call must have been that he was going to get bought out. And it was a very, very sad thing because I absolutely loved Corey Schneider from the time he got here to now to up to this point. And I will always appreciate what he did because he wasn't just a, a tremendous goaltender. He was a tremendous person on and off the ice. He really was. And a lot of people who have spoken about Corey, especially within the Devils organization, said that he handled every situation, every single bit of adversity, you know, with, with such class and such grace. Remember, Corey went over a year without winning a game. And I remember there was this really dumb Instagram page that constantly was like, oh, it's been this many days since Corey Schneider won a game. And I just thought it was really stupid and really offensive to a guy that carried the team on his back for several years. I mean, this is how good he was. If you were watching a team back then, you would certainly agree. And I've talked to several people about the fact that Corey had Vesna Trophy-like numbers except for wins and losses. If he won a handful more games in a, in a bunch of those years that he was playing at that elite level, he might have actually won a Vesna or gotten pretty damn close. That's how good he was. And I think Corey Schneider still has a couple more years left in the tank, and I do hope that somebody else picks him up. But I'm very, very sad and disappointed that Corey is not going to be able to finish at least his contract with the New Jersey Devils and, and finish his career here in New Jersey because I've absolutely loved him since he got here, and I will always appreciate him. And uh, I'm going to definitely try to find uh, a jersey if I can find one um, soon. But uh, I just want to say uh, from the bottom of my heart to Corey Schneider, thank you so much for everything that you did, being a part of this organization, you know, certainly during those – very, very difficult times. I, for one, could say I greatly, greatly respect you and I admire you. And being someone who was, you know, played goalie for a little while, you know, I come to learn to appreciate the position even more, especially watching you play. And I will always enjoy the great memories that you gave us. And I look forward to seeing how the rest of your career pans out and the rest of your, uh, your, your life pans out. But, but thank you so much for everything you did for the New Jersey Devils organization. So because the Devils decided to buy out the last two years of Corey Schneider's contract, Devils were certainly going to be in the market for a backup goaltender. And there were some questions throughout the day as to what exactly the Devils were going to do. One suggestion was maybe Gilgis Sam was going to be the backup and we'd start creating that young 
tandem moving forward. Or maybe the Devils were going to go out in the free agent market and try to bring in a veteran. Uh, there were some rumors during the first day of free agency from some pretty reliable sources that the Devils were actually in the running to try to see if they could acquire Marc-Andre Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights. And it looked like, especially as day was going, that nothing was going to materialize. I think probably also Vegas was hoping to get a decent amount of assets back, even though Flurry had, you know, I think something like $6 million in cap that he was going to, you know, that a team was going to have to take on. And I mean, the Devils still had a, a good amount of room, but I just think that the Devils were probably not interested in giving up a whole lot of assets for a guy that they probably were only going to have for a year or two. Um, you know, because we obviously know that Mackenzie Blackwood was going to be, you know, the number one goalie moving forward. But at around 9.30, 10 o'clock on Friday evening, the Devils announced that they had signed Corey Crawford to a two-year deal worth $3.9 million average annual value. And Corey Crawford is a very, very solid goalie signing. So the Devils decided to move on from one Corey and bring in another Corey. And Corey Crawford, for those of you who don't, don't know, has played his entire career up until this point with the Chicago Blackhawks and was one of the big reasons that they won Stanley Cups both in 2013 and also in 2015. So this guy brings in championship experience, a lot of playoff experience. He played very well, in my opinion, in the bubble. I think he was one of the big reasons that Chicago was able to knock out Edmonton in the playing round and then at least win a game in against the Vegas Golden Knights in that first round of the playoffs. And I remember that game, I think it was either game four or game five when he acted, or game three or game four, where he stood on his head and made something like 45, 50 saves and was just tremendous. And I'm telling you right now, if Corey Crawford could come in and do that, that's going to give the Devils a lot of relief, you know, in their net. And what I like about this move is that it's a two-year deal that allows, you know, Crawford to come in and help you know, with the development of Mackenzie Blackwood by competing with him for time in net and also just to bring in a veteran presence, a guy that can help grow all the younger players and everything. And I think that this is a guy that still has a lot left to play. It, it, it really is a question at this point is how much more does he have in the tank? And I think he still has a good amount. And listening to him talk to the media earlier, actually this morning at the time of this recording, which is on Saturday, you know, he was obviously disappointed that he couldn't continue his career in Chicago, but he's very excited to come here to New Jersey and very excited to compete and play for this team. And interestingly enough, he actually grew up, for the most part, he grew up as a Devils fan. So he gets an opportunity to play for his favorite team growing up. So it almost seemed like it was divine intervention that this was going to happen. Crawford said he spoke with the Devils a handful of times, and it seems like that Crawford knew that the Devils were super interested in bringing him in. And, you know, this is a very solid deal for both sides. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to help. You know, like I mentioned, it's going to help Blackwood. It's going to give time for guys like Sen and Nico Dawes to continue to develop over the next two years until we get that young goaltending tandem. And I think that Crawford is going to help us win a couple of more games than we did the previous year because he's a very good goaltender. But it also will depend on can the defense of the Devils give him some support? Because if so, then I think this is going to be a match made in Devils heaven, you know, to an extent. But very good signing. I like it. Obviously, the, 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 the crazy one would have been, you know, somehow getting Marc-Andre Fleury. But nonetheless, this is a very good one. Didn't cost very much. Didn't have to give up anything. And I'm very excited to see what Crow can do 
for the red and black. So he, he exchanges from the black and red to the red and black and comes to New Jersey. And I'm, I'm very, very pumped up, and I'm looking forward to seeing him playing with the Devils this upcoming year. So Corey Crawford, welcome to the New Jersey Devils. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this week's edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. If you want to continue to listen to these episodes, here's what you do. You go on your computer and you type in Hockey Podcast Network, and you can check out the website, hockeypodcastnetwork.org, where you can see all the logos for all the podcasts that we do. You'll see the Devil's logo, and you can click on that. You can also just check out all the other hockey podcasts that we have on this great network where we cover every single team in the NHL, and we have a bunch of other hockey podcasts along with those. So make sure you go check all of those out. We post new episodes every single Monday, and we also post them wherever you listen to podcasts. So whether that's Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Hockey Podcast Network or Devil's State of Mind, and you will find it. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, and also on Facebook at Devil State of Mind. On all of those, I will post when the new episodes are up, as well as just interactions with you guys, the fans, as we talk about our team, the New Jersey Devils. And also in the bio of all of those social medias, we have a link to the Devil State of Mind website where there. You can just check out all the episodes and go directly to where we have them. You can bookmark it so you can just keep it and make it very easy for you. So please go check those out as well. Again, new episodes of the podcast every single Monday. If you want to listen to me just talk about more things that are going on in sports, not just in hockey, you can follow me on the Mofobo Network podcast, which is available on Anchor and Spotify, where every week we post new episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays talking about the most up-to-date news in the wide world of sports. I also have a YouTube channel called Mofobo Network Presents. New videos come out every single Wednesday where just like on the podcast, we get a topic that we discuss that's going on right now in the wide world of sports. So go check me out on all those. Again, it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Podcast on Anchor and Spotify and M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents on YouTube, where there you can just continue to listen to me talk about things that are going on in this great world that is the world of sports. You can follow me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And last but certainly not least, go check out my book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now called J-E-T-S Pain, 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 which is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone who's one of those, or if you just want to support me, just go check that book out. It, it chronicles all the painful memories, painful games, painful player decisions, and everything else that evolves around the New York football Jets. So please go check it out. It's available for hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a football fan, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Bell Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome, amazing people that you are out there. Make sure that you're always helping out others. And one last thing, rock on.